For 2022 LEGO Master New Zealand winner Jake Roos, LEGO life continues. Some of Aotearoa's best brick builders have been gathering at the Wellington Brick Show in Lower Hutt this weekend to showcase their latest creations. Jake Roos is one of those with his Ultra Agents Mount Clutchmore Showdown. Now, it's as dramatic as it sounds. A play on Mount Rushmore, it's complete with an electronic battle, tense music, evil laughter. It's more of a show than it is just a Lego set. And Jake Roos joins me now. Kia ora, Jake. Kia ora, Pelina. How's the show been going this weekend? Oh, it's been going fantastically. There's been lots of crowds through and um, we've been having a great time. We actually started on Friday, so there was a day of just Lego fans like myself <laughs> yeah. uh, checking out each other's stuff without the crowd. Was that like a preview, a special preview? Yeah, yeah. Well, there was events and things and, you know, funny activities um, just to enjoy it without the pressure of of being on show the whole time. (laughs) And how would you describe uh, Mount Clutchmore? What's your description of it? And And how did you come up with it? Well, it's Mount Clutchmore is the Lego version of Mount Rushmore. So the seed of it was there was a set of um, Lego people out in the mountains doing things like rock climbing and, um, you know, sightseeing. And it came with like an American Eagle and it had a little signpost that said Mount Clutchmore to set so you could imagine where these people were. And, um, And so... To cut a long story short, I, I needed a scene of action for this the superhero battle, and I had this little signpost, and I went, Mount Clutchmore, that could happen there. What does Mount Clutchmore look like? Well, it's obviously a Lego version of the real thing, right, uh, in the United States. And so um, it all went from there um, in terms of the, the overall concept of the, the, the scene of the action. I really wanted to do a really beautiful landscape with water and trees and you know, really organic-looking rocks and things, because yeah. uh, I see a lot of that as uh, kind of thing at shows. But what it doesn't have is uh, uh, like a epic story unfolding in front of you with all of the the reveals, which is something I'm I'm really into. Well, it, it, the mount, the mountain sort of opens up, doesn't it, to yeah. reveal this battle? Yeah, yeah. So the the idea is um, it's your your classic trope. So this is something we learnt on Lego Masters is to lean into tropes, familiar <laughs> stories, right? And um, and so this is the familiar story of the supervillain who has um, his base hidden underground underneath a, a national monument, and so. Um, you know, it's a it's a Mount Clashmore Natural Park, and there's sightseers having a lovely day. And if you look carefully, something you might uh, twig that something's something's up. But it becomes extremely obvious when the 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 eyes and the and the heads on the mountain light up purple, and the the mountain splits open, and the the supervillain who's called Antimatter he rises out in his doomsday machine, which is spinning and flashing and. Uh, you know, making throbbing sounds and things like that. <laughs> Something is clearly going badly, badly awry. Uh, and uh, and then this little mountain cabin splits open and his, his gang of super thugs spills out, uh, you know, laughing evilly. And then the crowd turns around screaming, ah! you know. Uh, so all of that, and it's like, things are looking extremely grim. The guy says, ha-ha, now it's all over, folks. And, um, and his machine powers up. But, but then... You know, uh, just when all looks like it's been lost, uh, there's the the sting of heroic music, and um, and then these inconspicuous vehicles that are parked around the place suddenly start activating, and um, lights come on, and then suddenly they 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 transform into battle mode, and and basically the good guys have been on to them the entire time, and they do a surgical takedown and and save the day. It's like a short film, a short Lego film. Yeah. You you won Lego Masters last year mm. alongside Glenn Knight. Yes. Did, did you 
Did you think you could win, and did you go in there sort of going, "Oh yeah, we can beat these suckers"? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a tough question. Uh, we thought we were, we were highly competitive. Uh, mm. I have to say, um, and that you know we we had um, both both experienced builders, um, and we'd been to several shows beforehand and and won awards at those shows. You know, the public exhibitions with our own creations, mm. and uh, yeah, yeah. Based on that experience, we thought we we had a a, a very good chance. And of course, we were very, you know, we we're wondering who, who are we going to go up against? Mm, who are mm. these guys? And then we, we finally met them. And, and some of them we knew um, and others we didn't. And it was like, oh, what are these guys? What can they do? And it turns <laughs> out they can do plenty. Those are uh, very impressive skills amongst the competitors. Did you, because you're working so closely together and also under pressure, did mm. you have to create shortcuts or the, so did you have to create a special way to communicate with each other? We developed um, yeah, communicate a, a way to come up with ideas quickly, really. Mm, mm. So that was the key to Lego Masters: is you have to have an idea which really, really works on multiple levels at the start or very near the start, so you've got the time to implement it properly. And if you go down the wrong track with the wrong idea after a couple of hours, there's no way to pull it back. Right? You know, you you, you just you're stuck with it, and if it's not the right idea, it's just not going to win. And um, so what Glenn and I managed to get into the rhythm of quite quickly was was sorting through ideas. My style was is usually to put down like 10, 10 ideas and then pick one that I like, you know, or to kind of do an assessment. This is what mm. I learned doing like technical drawing in high school, <laughs> you know, a brainstorming kind of process. Uh, um, but uh, Glenn wasn't into that. He was just like, no, no, let's just talk about it. And mm. none of this writing down stuff. So it was just became a conversation. And I'd, I'd throw an idea out there and he'd, He'd turn it around and say, "All right, that's that's pretty good, but you know, what about this?" And yeah. and it evolved, evolved very quickly through that back and forth process. And the, and the whole time we we're trying to to assess that against those those criteria that we knew we had to fulfil. You talked about leaning into the tropes before, yeah. and that sort of storytelling. What what's something you learnt on Lego Masters that you still that you apply now, or that you apply even more so now? Uh, yeah, it is is about um, keeping it simple and um, and just really not not making it uh, easy for people um, to to access it um, mm. to to kind of grab them in the first moment with with something and um, yeah, it is about having something for people to hang on to just in that initial moment. Uh, and and that comes from from familiar stories, and then there can be a twist on it, but there has to be something familiar to get people into it, really. And what about that? We 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 talked about um, earlier. I spoke to you. We talked about the distance. So is it the ten meter rule? Yeah, the, t- yes. the ten, five, and three, or something? Yeah. So the the rule, and this has been around on the shows. If you watch the mm. Lego Masters, is ten three one. So at ten meters, you you catch people's attention. Three meters, you the person standing there can understand the entire story, and at one meter they can have a look at some nice details and, and Easter eggs, and so that was those are key criteria that we were applying, and um, but the thing is that actually the one meter didn't really matter that much, <laughs> and the three meters uh, that was that was only probably twenty percent of it. It was really about having something which was. Um, grab people it's really the 10 meters yeah that yeah and yeah. it's and even though the the it was a television show um it was being judged like it would be at a brick show you know mm. or any any real world situation when you're actually come into a room and, and lay eyes on the model for the first time so again it was about um 
uh, viewing angles as well and mm. having a 360 view. Nothing was, it was all on TV. It's framed with a camera. And if you frame something with a camera, you can, you can really um, draw people's attention exactly to the mm. right spots. And, and get into that detail. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, whereas, uh, no, no, you had to be able to um, uh, have that, that engagement from, from standing 10, 10 metres away from anywhere in the room. It could, not just one angle, but, mm. but from anywhere in the room. Mm. And uh, we we both went to see the Jurassic World Lego exhibit yes. at the Takina Centre in Wellington. What did you make of that? Oh, it was fantastic. Uh, you know, uh, who, who doesn't love dinosaurs? Who doesn't love <laughs> Legos? Lego dinosaurs. Large you know. scale di- yeah, yeah, yeah. Lego dinosaurs. And, and, and uh, yes, another r- of the golden rules with Lego is the height is might and size yeah. matters, basically. <laughs> so the, the bigger it is, the more pieces it has. Uh, the more impressive it is. Like uh, often you get asked at shows, is uh, how long did it take you and how many pieces went in? It's basically right. the two questions you get. They want get. the stats. Yeah, they want the stats. And the impressive stats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, um, and of course I don't count. <laughs> I put the bricks down <laughs> so I can't answer the other one. I can make a guesstimate of the amount of time, but the parts, no way. But anyway, uh, of the um, Jurassic World exhibit, you know, millions of bricks and and and, yeah. and absolutely massive builds um so you can walk through the giant jurassic park gates and you can walk under a, a brontosaurus mm. they, um they haven't they've built got the, they've got the jeep as well that yes. you can sit you know you sit in the lego jeep yes uh it's sort of heightened isn't it you sit in the lego jeep and there's the big t is it the t-rex yes chasing you from oh, behind that, that coming was, out of the wall that yeah, was cool that's my favorite part absolutely yeah. and um uh, you know, because you act, you can get into the thick of the action. You're a yeah, character. Yeah. You're you a are character. in the film. You're yeah. in the film. Um, exactly. But even, but also, it's all very strategic, though. Like it's not like you can. He's built the entire brontosaurus. He's just built just enough of it. Yeah. And, and same with the jeep and the um, mm. the T Rex. You know, mm. um, it's enough to for your imagination to to fill in the rest. Exactly. And Lego although it's just a hobby for you. And mm. interestingly, you're a climate change consultant, which is an interesting sort of um, juxtapositioning. Mm. Are you are you going to come up with an eco-brick? An eco-brick? Yeah. Oh, well, I wouldn't uh, create a kind of third-party product that's kind of <laughs> frowned upon amongst my peers. <laughs> um, but, you know, I do try occasionally to bring that theme into my builds it is quite difficult because climate change is a pretty grim topic and and with lego you want to kind of keep it light mm. um you know and um and you can go to some uh, pretty dark places so it doesn't really feel compatible often with me but well, one thing i did do is um i i campaigned to try to stop the biofuels obligation because of the effect it would have on the tropical rainforest and i was mm-hmm. working with greenpeace and they were really into the idea that i was a lego master and they're like can you build a Lego model to help us with the help of your campaign and, and yeah. we'll promote it. And so I racked my brain and eventually I did build a scene of uh, orangutan um, shoving the, the scoop of an excavator as the rainforest was being destroyed <laughs> with smoke and flame and, you know, devastation around and, um, and it, and uh, the 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 bucket moved backwards and forwards as the orangutan shoved, and that was that was a real video that I saw online of of uh, real behaviour of of animals. So I was quite proud of that build, but you know it's you know it's pretty grim, isn't it? You know, yeah. at, at a Lego show, it's it, it's hard. <laughs> The other, keep, thing, the other thing, the other thing, I keep did, the two separate for now. Then, maybe. well, mostly. But uh, with Mount Clutchmore, I have to say there is a there is a theme there. Basically, um, you've got some competent uh, p- 
public servants who have anticipated the threat and neutralise it before the worst <laughs> happens. So that's an ideal situation. You know, uh, saving the world is, is I'm, I'm into that. <laughs> You're on it. <laughs> oh, well, thank you for your time today, Jake. That's uh, 2022 Lego Master winner Jake Ruse has been showcasing his latest creation at the Wellington Brick Show.